Welcome to the Sports Squire Podcast, a platform engineered specifically for you to deliver content relative to the fields of training, performance, and rehabilitation. Challenge the status quo and raise your game through changing your mindset and your action. As you embark on your journey as a sports squire, subscribe to the show to get real-time updates to new episodes. Don't miss an opportunity to apply what you've learned today. Explore, engage, learn, implement, benefit. This is the way of the sports squire. Welcome to Sports Squire, episode number 20. Do what you can with what you've got where you are. I'm your host, Brad Howe. I'm a former collegiate athlete, exercise enthusiast, and physical therapist in the realm of orthopedics and sports rehab over the last decade. A lot of you may think I've got a little bit of some jargon hillbillyish going on here because a lot of us have heard the quote, do what you can with what you have where you are. Um, and doing some research and, and preparation for today's segment, this this quote, which is, is, is quickly quoted towards uh, Teddy Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, actually comes from his autobiography, which I'm going to read a little excerpt for you here shortly. Um, but it, it is actually do what you can with what you've got where you are. And in today's episode, I just want to highlight that every single one of us is at a different path within our journey of personal wellness. And I don't want anyone to be discouraged by um, you know, the fact that you may not be where you need to be. Everyone can have a different starting point, and that starting, starting point can propel you as long as you, um, you know, are mindful of what you need to do and you're mindful of maybe certain limitations and you're mindful of um, you know, the lack of uh, discipline or the lack of uh, motivation that you may have or maybe uh, the increase in procrastination that you may have that, that may need to be addressed. You know, but for today, this is meant to be a highly encouraged segment for all of you to know that there is something that you can do to continue to progress your personal situation. And movement is the key a lot of times. And finding movement can just propel a world of wonderful uh, things that are going to outflow from that. And, and so for that reason, I will break down um, different different areas and different types of people um, in regards to your current situation that you may be going through, whether you're um, someone that has a lot of comorbidities, maybe diabetic, maybe high blood pressure, maybe history of some other issues going on that, that may be physically limiting you, um, or maybe you're someone, like I said, that lacks motivation procrastination is is maybe your middle name. Uh, maybe consistency and discipline is something that you struggle with on a regular basis. I'll have something for you as well to give you some encouragement and help you to kind of get out of that rut. And then for our higher level athletes, people that are out there um, that are uh, maybe individuals that, that are higher seekers in regards to your physical wellness, um, there's there's some 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 points for you as well knowing that you're at a different spot and that we can challenge you to kind of look at your comprehensive personal wellness approach and make sure that you don't have any gaps there. Um, there's always opportunity, essentially, is what the the uh, the framework of this episode is to get better. And I think all of us need to continue to strive um, to get better each day. And, uh, you know, whether or not we have, uh, you know, progressive building, you know, is, is not the point, but it's, it's to put that effort in and, and to move towards um, a goal. So with that being said, um, what I'd like to do, you know, just in, in historical reference, you know, I, 
I grew up in a, uh, a family. I'm extremely blessed. I, I spent a lot of my summers with my uh, grandma and grandpa Howell, uh, both 40 years of, uh, you know, history teaching, you know, at the high school level. And, you know, they had that old school, um, you know, I call it kind of musky basement library where you could go down and they had so many different encyclopedias. So whenever there was a an opportunity to do like a project in school, my mom and dad would just send us kids over to, to grandma and grandpa's house. And uh, there's no doubt grandma led that that charge. And we'd spend a ton of time down in the library researching through those uh, foreign uh, language terms that were like encyclopedias, which I'm not sure if they even make them anymore. Um, you know, but w- with that being said, like, there was just so much uh, fire that was set in me because both of my grandparents were history teachers. We would sit around and just, uh, they would find fun ways to, to bring history to life. And because of that, I've been a huge reader and I read a lot of autobiographies of former presidents. And uh, Theodore Roosevelt is one of those that I've read um, as well. And, and this quote that is the episode title for today um, comes from his book and his autobiography from 1913. And uh, I just want to read a quick little excerpt, which includes this quote. It is exceedingly interesting and attractive to be a successful businessman or railroad man or farmer or a successful lawyer or doctor or a writer or a president or a ranchman or the colonel of a fighting regiment or to kill grizzly bears and lions. But for unflagging interest and enjoyment, a household of children, if things go reasonably well, certainly makes all other forms of success and achievement lose their importance by comparison. It may be true that he travels farthest who travels alone, but the goal thus reached is not worth reaching. And as far and and as for a life deliberately devoted to pleasure as an end, why the greatest happiness is the happiness that comes as a byproduct of striving to do what must be done even though sorrow is met in the doing. There's a bit of homely philosophy quoted by Squire Bill Widener of Widener's Valley, Virginia, which sums up one's duty in life. Do what you can with what you've got where you are. So there you have it. You know, if you guys, uh, the joke about Abraham Lincoln being quoted on everything, um, this, uh, this quote is actually not a Teddy Roosevelt quote. It is actually from the Squire Bill Widener, but... There's a lot of uh, historical reference that that quotes back to, um, you know, why Teddy Roosevelt is credited for um, that, and it certainly comes from his autobiography. But it's probably, um, you know, most widely accepted that you know this Bill Widener was not a very popular or famous person. So, the uh, for the sake of selling things and and creating a level of fandom, I think that's what uh, what came out of it. But but lo and behold, you know what I think is is interesting about that read is, you know, how you sum up success, which I think can get in as well into the psychological framework that all of us really need to dig into individually. And when you look at what Theodore Roosevelt's talking about, you know, in in regards to um, the attractiveness of being, you know, successful business person, railroad man, farmer, lawyer, doctor, writer, president, like he was, ranchman, Colonel of a fighting regiment, killing grizzly bears and lions, like all of these different things. But what he comes back to is that, you know, that level of contentment and 
um, basically identifying that, you know, if your if your children are doing reasonably well, that probably, you know, outweighs a lot of the success that you can have in, in several of those other ventures. And it also, you know, the thing that stood out to me is the man who travels far but alone, um, you know, usually ends up empty, you know, when he reaches that that end. And, you know, with that point, that comes back to like, we number one, what are we striving for? You know, are you striving for something that is out of status? Are you striving for something that is out of uh, purely achievement? If that's the case, you know, that can lead you down a pretty disappointing pathway. And uh, I think what's most important about this, uh, this, this phrase and this episode that I want you all to take out is that you all have a responsibility and an opportunity to do you know, very special things with the resources and the time and the place and where you currently are. And you don't have to have anything additionally um, added to, um, you know, your current circumstance in order to do that. So, you know, that comes with, you know, being someone that's that's doing outreach, um, you know, someone that's training athletes, you know, teachers out there that are teaching students, Um, Any of you that work in a team or collective environment from a work perspective, being a a spouse, being a a good, good parent, all of these principles essentially lie into the fact that you have everything that you need in order to to do what you need to do. Um, And and what I want to kind of leave you with is, you know, as we embark on this kind of Thanksgiving holiday, I think a lot of us find ourselves in different situations when we look at meeting our potential with action. And, you know, there's no doubt 2020, we're going to hear this all the time, uh, has thrown us challenges and uh, no one is is really, um, you know, have, has gotten away from those challenges. And, uh, you know, I think the response from, from different individuals obviously has been different. And uh, I don't think that, you know, the way certain people respond, I'm not saying it's wrong, um, but, you know, just certainly different, you know, for, for a lot of us. And what I uh, want to do, you know, on the heels of, you know, talking about gratitude on Tuesday in the, quick, in the weekly Quick Clip Recap, um, you know, I think it's important for all of us to understand that, you know, complaining and, you know, creating a level of, um, you know, just um, misery for ourselves, uh, I don't know a better way to say it, um, it is not productive. So, um, you know, as we start today's episode, I, I want to talk about the three different types of, uh, of people that are out there and really kind of just take a superficial uh, glance at where you could potentially be. And I want you just to, to be honest with yourself and, and ask yourself where you, where you are at with your action um, and where you're at with um, your physical activity, because I, I do think that a lot of us we're all working our problems out, right? And, and I am a firm believer that it's a lot easier to work out your problems when you're moving forward or moving towards something. And um, as opposed to sitting down and, and, and just, um, you know, feeling sorry for yourself and, and trying to, to wait for feelings to get you to, to that movement. I don't believe that's, that's how we're supposed to, supposed to operate. We've, we definitely need to move in order to feel sometimes. So, um, hopefully you guys take some some encouragement out of this, um, but I do want you to be honest with yourself. I want you to, to say, you know, are you somebody who puts mental limitations on your ability 
to to do more than than what you uh, or to do less than what you're capable of. If that's you, let's start start small. And um, so let, let's dive into the different types of, uh, of of scenarios and individual circumstances that may be out there. And uh, hopefully we can we can then wrap that up. And I can leave you guys with a little bit of an action towards the end um, to, to just give you some encouragement and some some focal points to, to really help you move out of your current situation and just keep getting better. Because it doesn't matter where you're at. Every single one of us content, can continue to get better. So as we start off with looking at different scenarios that, that may apply to some of you, I think during this COVID time, you know, it's very easy to see that a lot of people that I've talked to that were going to gyms before aren't necessarily going back to gyms now. And, uh, you know, there may be a lot of you out there that are, for lack of better words, gymless. Um, you may not have weights. You may not have technology to track, um, you know, your, your movement or your steps or your heart rate. You may not have extra, you know, resources, you know, in regards to, to higher quality food or you maybe have a limited budget for food. Um, you know, you may have limiting physical or, or health factors that put you at a disadvantage compared to others. But, you know, the thing, one thing that we do have is we all have a brain and we all have, you know, an ability and a will to be able to, to move. And I think, you know, what I want to start off with first is you know, for, for those of you who, um, let's say, don't have a gym, let's, let's assume that, that this scenario is someone that doesn't have any uh, known uh, physical or health limitations. You're not necessarily going to a gym. You're kind of in that limbo. So for you, from a health perspective, um, taking all of the excuses off the table, you don't need any of that stuff at first. Um, number one is if you haven't ran for a while and, and you have the ability to run, let's start walking first, right? Um, let's start with, you know, a walking regimen that's getting your heart rate up and uh, you're increasing the, fr the frequency and the uh, intensity of that. Once you're able to kind of get acclimated to that, then maybe you start, um, you know, doing some jogging. Some of you are familiar with kind of doing a, like, a, like an Indian run where you're kind of, uh, you know, jogging you know, doing a little bit of uh, walking, you know, sprinting around. So there's some different strategies you can use there to kind of gap from walking to jogging and then eventually, um, you know, getting into more regular running, which can really help your cardiovascular system. And, um, you know, pretending or assuming that you have no physical limitations, you know, running is something that does not require any equipment or any um, you know, type of, uh, you know, special things. There's a lot of, of really good runners out there that don't even have really good shoes. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, you don't want to, um, you know, invest in some of those things. But what I'm basically trying to say is that if you are making excuses that you don't have a gym to go to because of COVID, um, you know, walking, jogging, and running is one thing that can really help you out. You know, I think another thing as well is a lot of us have bicycles, um, and, and bicycling is a great way to also, um, you know, kind of stimulate different muscle groups. It, it is a different, um, you know, movement, you know, in regards to, to limiting the, the load bearing that's going through your joints. Um, but there's a, a sense of resistance that you can use with toggling up and down on the shifts, the uh, different gears. And, um, 
you know, that can really work your glutes and your hamstrings and your calf muscles as well while getting your heart rate up. There's also body weight exercises, you know, doing more posturally based exercises, looking at your scapular muscles to really pull those shoulders back, get those shoulder blades down and in, um, getting your, your chin drawn in, working on strengthening up those deep neck flexor muscles, working on, um, you know, your core and keeping and maintaining that neutral spine. So, um, you know, a lot of different things that you can do with, you know, sitting towards the edge of a chair and, you know, alternating marching, alternating, you know, kicking your legs out, which is going to, um, you know, force you to use those core muscles in order to keep your spine erect. Um, and then also, you know, if you are looking at and you have very limited resources and, and running is something that you want to get into, getting into a single leg stance balance program is extremely beneficial. It helps you to build a foundation that allows you to have better hip stability um, so that you've, you've got the ability to maintain a single leg stance environment without letting your pelvis drop. Um, and, and that is extremely beneficial for reducing injuries and for being more efficient when you're walking and you're running. So um, those are some things that you can you can certainly do. Um, and, and I will, you know, for some of you out there that are listening to this saying, hey, you know what, this is exactly me. I don't have the, the resources right now to be able to do things. I will, you know, kind of create a little bit of a template for this category to, to give you a little bit of a plan to get up and get moving and, and move towards that. But the whole idea is, is that even for you out there that this may fit you, you've got to set a plan and you need to dream big and start small. And uh, you can simply, you know, look at, um, you know, starting out with your walking, doing your jogging, but you want to get into a uh, more of a behavior change up front. So I, I always encourage people that are just getting started to, you know, really put first things first and, and plan time around your exercise and your training to ensure that, that, that it's getting done during the day. There's so many other things that can happen. Um, if you are somebody that's extremely busy, you know, putting first thing first, you know, usually means doing it first thing in the morning. And, um, you know, I know not everyone fits into that category, but the day can kind of get away from itself. And then all of a sudden, the first thing that slips is your exercise routine or, or you putting yourself first and your health first with, with getting out there and moving. So, um, you know, make a plan, try to stick to that plan. You know, don't beat yourself up if, if life happens and you need to be, uh, you know, adaptive. But for the first month, you just need to make sure that you, doesn't matter what time of day it is, if you're changing your time, but you're every single day doing something that's teaching you how to move and teaching you how to fall in love with that movement. So I think that that's um, extremely important. Now, for some of you, um, for the second kind of bucket that I've identified, you may have some physical limitations. You may have some health concerns. And, you know, the big question you have to ask yourself is, are you seeking counsel um, from a physician, from someone that's overseeing your health and your physical limitations to allow you to um, identify where your risks are with exercise. And, um, you know, we want to see more of your limitations. If you're being overseen by, you know, someone that's, that's you know, keeping a watchful eye on you and you're, you're educated enough to be able to keep a watchful eye on certain things um, for your own health, then you're going to see your limitations as more of a precaution and, or I guess a caution sign rather, rather than a stop sign. 
And, uh, you know, I think all too often you see people who have limitations, they now say, oh, I can't do this because I have this. And that's not true. And, and you know, I just want to challenge that mindset because, you know, there's, there's several people that have uh, debilitating issues, um, neuromuscular issues, uh, disease, degen- degenerative diseases, um, you know, tons of different things that, that are just laundry lists of things that find little victories and little ways to keep moving um, that help to add value or quality back to their lives. So first things first is that for, for those, if you fit into that category, maybe you're an older individual, um, you've got some more of those physical limitations, those health issues as, as life has kind of just developed over time. You know, you haven't been in, you haven't got your labs drawn, you haven't seen what your cholesterol is like, your your blood pressure looks like, what your, uh, you know, glucose looks like to see if, um, you know, you're tracking your diabetes or um, even seeing if maybe you're pre-diabetic and, and how you can kind of work into that. But knowing all of that information can help all of you craft a very specific training and exercise program that can help you along the way as well. Where you all are going to have the most amount of issues with is is the mental confidence, knowing that you've had some of these limitations for a while. I strongly encourage you, if you've got the resources, to go find someone to uh, help you with that training and commit to that for three to six months until you gain confidence that what you're doing is safe and what you're doing is effective. And then that way you can take over your own physical wellness and you can continue to do that on your own. Um, but that's just my my professional opinion is that for if you fit into that category um, of having those limitations, the more oversight and the more um, you know planning help that you can have, the more strategic development of a planning program that's progressive in nature um, can really help you and, and help you do things safely. So if that's you, definitely uh, you know take that advice and and start small. Um, again, you know. This could be as, as wide and broad as somebody that has, you know, osteoarthritis in their knee. And their knee is just worn out. Uh, maybe they're a candidate for a joint replacement, but you know, they're not, you know, quite there yet. You know, so, you know, walking long distances may not be the best mode of exercise for that person. You know, doing a recumbent or upright bike um, style or maybe even a road bike, if you've got decent balance, maybe a better uh, mode of exercise for you and it helps you to, to also lubricate that joint and you know work on extensibility and, and work on the, the muscles around that knee joint to kind of build it up and help offload the loading through that arthritic joint. So that's one small example um, of how modifications can be can be made. Um, you know as we um, as we push forward, one of the other categories that I look at which, um, can also be a little bit complicated as well. And I think most of us probably fit into this category. Um, you know, there's been definitely times where, um, you know, I myself has, have fallen into this this category. I wouldn't say that I, uh, I'm lazy by any means. Um, you know, I haven't missed too many too many weeks of, uh, of regular workouts. But, you know, there's definitely been times where I don't feel like, doing anything and I don't feel like, um, you know, getting moving or, um, you know, I've got tons of things on my plate and the last priority is, you know, me getting a workout in or or exercising or training. 
I've been there and, and I felt that. And I think that's a very human and normal thing to have. I think where it can become problematic is when that becomes a consistent, uh, you know, thing, or you're not even thinking about it, to be honest with you. I mean, if, if not thinking about exercise is where you're at, that's problematic. Um, I'm just going to call that out right now because, um, like I've said before in, in previous episodes, you know, I am a firm believer that exercise is one of the greatest gifts from God in regards to, um, you know, creating several positive changes physiologically that can help your health and wellness. And, that the proof is in the science and that's been proven over and over and over again. So, you know, here we are in 2020. If you don't believe that exercise is going to get you to a better spot, um, I, I don't think that people believe that, but you know, I think we just need to overcome, you know, that lack of motivation and we need to start setting some goals for ourselves. If you do fit this mold, you know, what is it that you want to change? You know, maybe it's just, you want to feel better. And you want to have a better outlook on things. And if that's the case, then moving is going to help you with that. So set those movement goals and, and track your mood to that, you know, over time and, and you'll notice a huge difference. But um, the other thing is procrastination. You know, I think, you know, a lot of times uh, maybe we do have the intent of, of getting into these new training routines, but we procrastinate. And I think... A lot of times, if you um, if you don't set a plan, you're planning to fail. They, they you know, they, they have that saying: a, a failure to plan is a plan to fail. And I, I think that's what happens to people. You know, you, you make a very informal approach to training and exercise, and it just it just doesn't work well. There's not a disciplined approach. There's not a routine or a structure that's going to hold you accountable to what you need to do, and therefore, it's easy to skip. Um, it's easy to push off. It's easy to not um, be concerned about getting that that exercise in because you know, you've got the contemplation, you've got the want and the desire, but you don't necessarily have that structure. So if that is you, start again with a plan. These are, these are all going to be sound very consistent themes as we, as we talk through each of these uh, different types of individual scenarios. Um, but you know, just make, sit down and make a plan and, and make that out over the next four to six weeks. And, uh, you know, what I would encourage you to do is as you get in the middle of that plan and you start to reevaluate how you're feeling, how you're doing, that's when you want to start making those dials up or those dials down to make sure that you're tweaking your plans, um, so that you're having fun. You're doing some things that you enjoy, um, you know, you're gaining traction with, uh, with your program and, uh, you know, some strategies that can help you with that. Play music, you know, play a podcast, you know, have an opportunity to, you know, do it with your spouse or your partner or, um, you know, a friend if, if you've got the opportunity to, to be able to work out with someone. Um, you know, so, you know, those are some strategies that I think that can help a lot of you. You know, the, the motivational portion of that as well is that you've got to identify your why. You've got to identify, you know, what things are going well for you right now and what things aren't going well for you. And, um, you know, strategically, I think that can, that can help um, you with that motivation. So for all the individual scenarios and situations that I kind of identified, you know, up to this point in time, for all of you, I'm not necessarily concerned. I'm not concerned with any of you with with perfection. That's just impossible, right? Um, 
but we're not we're not concerned about kind of the stack method. And um, you know, when you go back and you listen to the Sports Squire Wellness of Order Operations, you can call that the Sports Squire Stack, whatever you want to call that. Um, but that is a comprehensive, um, you know, way to stack, you know, different concepts and different parts of your wellness to get you to higher heights. And um, you know, so for the first for the, the the first scenarios that I've addressed and talked about, I just want you to get moving. I want you to set goals. I want you to experience. Uh, momentum and get excited about that and then as you uh, you know get disciplined with that then you can graduate onto this next phase of people and and I think a lot of you that are listening to this um, and that are investing time and in educating yourself or even just you know filling your brain with things that are that are positive and are about you know personal wellness you know a lot of you probably fit this category but again you can still continue to get better because none of us are perfect. So, you know, as we look at, you know, a lot of you out there that are consistently exercising and working out, um, you've got the disciplined approach. Uh, maybe you're an athlete that's out there that's training on those four-day splits. You know, you're doing speed work, you're doing cardiovascular work, you're doing a lot of sports-specific drills, um, a lot of things that are going on. You know, the, the question you've got to ask yourself when you take kind of uh, inventory of, of your comprehensive, you know, program is, you know, I think looking number one mentally at just how well you are, you know, are you, um, you know, someone who uh, really avoids, um, you know, trying to think about that next workout because it stresses you out? Are you one that, um, you know, has a little bit of anxiety before you're working out? Um, you know, is there is there some negative behaviors that are associated with your your exercise program? And if so, those are things that you definitely need to address. And you can address that through, um, you know, obviously doing some self-reading. You can address that through, you know, working with a professional, whether that's a sports psychologist or just a, a counselor of some sort that can help you um, better identify strategies to help reduce your anxiety. And, uh, and, and those are some things that I think are important. Um, you know, from a from a diet and hydration standpoint, you know, those are some things that we're going to want to look at in regards to making sure that you're stacking your diet to to better benefit your recovery and better benefit your your strength and conditioning plans. Um, from a performance standpoint, you know, and, and from a lifting standpoint, you also need to dig into um, the deep details of whether or not you are training versus exercising, there's a huge difference. Um, you know, exercising is something that you do for your health. Training is something that you do to prepare you for a specific period of time, like a season or a race um, or, or any um, different type of performance uh, benchmark that you're looking to get to. So um, the, the nice thing about training is that, you know, it's it's a little bit more surgical in the, in the uh, idea and the framework that you're building out. Like we talked about in the previous episode about athletic development, you're, you're building out a framework that's starting out with a base phase in a general sense, a strength phase, and some sort of a peak phase. Um, and then you're, you're having an opportunity to kind of cycle through that. And, uh, you know, so I think those are some, some, some good things for a lot of you out there that are higher level to kind of think about. Are you exercising or are you training? And, uh, and also, you know, whether you're an athlete or you're just somebody that's extremely consistent with what other, whatever form of exercise that you're doing on a regular basis, 
you need to evaluate what things you're doing repeatedly and what things you're not because that is where um, you know imbalances can occur that's where um, you know having you know a, an ability to assess if you're walking a ton or running a bunch but you're not doing any flexibility training of those predictable walking and running muscles those are eventually going to get tight and they're going to break down and they're going to cause more load and stress on the joints and it's only going to lead to um, you know further problems down the road and the same goes to, you know, if you're not strengthening those same muscles as well. So strength and flexibility are a huge thing to address um, and to be able to balance throughout different times of your exercise and training regimens. You know, if you're you're someone that's a, a football player and you're progressively only working on your um, your explosiveness and your strength and your speed, but you're never addressing, you know, the loading capacity of some of those tendons and the flexibility and, and and essentially maintaining good flexibility while you're building up that strength and explosiveness, you can certainly become a little bit more vulnerable um, with those shortening adaptations of that soft tissue to to cause issues when you do get into the field of play. So there are some gaps that um, certainly can occur with higher level athletes because of the the performance that you're looking at and because of the lack of time, to be honest. Um for a lot of athletes out there, you know, you're spending a lot of time in your sport. You're spending a lot of time practicing. You, you're spending time training. So the little time that you do have is, is typically spent on trying to decompress and relax. Um, but but creating some, some synergies and some strategies around little things that you can do to kind of dial up um, or dial down, you know, certain things within your program to help you recover better is, is a huge thing to focus on. Um, so... With, with a lot of these different things being said, this is kind of a generalized approach, but what I wanted to do was is create kind of this sense of, of everybody to know that everyone's on a, a different level. I get that. And there's going to be some episodes that I have on here where I'm only going to speak to one or two different types of people, um, and it may not apply to someone else. You know, as we go on this athletic development series, um, you know, this may apply more to, to some of you that are in your athletic development phases um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that a lot of you out there who are just trying to get better can't benefit from some of these same principles or can't share some of these same principles with someone um, in your family or someone that's that's associated with you that would benefit from that. Um, but for today's sake, I just want you guys to know that like there is an opportunity to meet yourself where you're at and take all of the excuses off of the table. You know, if you've got a barbell, and you've got um, you know access to a gym, and you've got access to loading and resistance. By all means, you should be taking advantage of that, and progressively loading your system to get the benefits of resistance training. Wonderful. If you don't have that, don't worry about it. There's a lot of different strategies that you can do to do body weight push-ups, to do pull-ups, um, to do you know, time under tension with your muscles, which is creating, you know, increased motor recruitment through those activation patterns of just holding a movement for five seconds or more. Um, you know, so there's some creative things that you can do without the resistance that can still um, benefit your musculoskeletal system and can still benefit, um, you know, a lot of the different postural dysfunctions that, that some of you may be, um, you know, facing. And for the majority of you out there, you have the opportunity to lace your sneakers up and get out and go for a walk, go for a jog, go for a bike ride, play basketball with your kids in the in the driveway, or do some 
um, do some sort of activity that gets your heart rate up, you know, for an extended period of time. Those are all things that you have the control and the ability to do. And, uh, you know, I think that the, the biggest thing is you've got to take inventory of, of doing exactly what the title of this episode is. Do what you can with what you've got where you are. And, um, you know, hopefully that'll, this forces you to kind of think a little bit. It challenges every one of you to kind of think about the opportunity that you have during your personal wellness journey to figure out where your gaps are. You know, looking at your diet and your uh, hydration you know, habits that you have on a regular basis, looking at your movement, looking at how often you get your heart rate up. Number one thing that's going to help you with your health and wellness, the, the most amount of scientific research is revolved around cardiovascular health. And, uh, you know, part of the reason why I enjoy, um, you know, the musculoskeletal resistance-based training type things is that the longer and the stronger that you are, um, that the more of an ability that you have to be able to, to get into those higher um, modes of exercise like running, like cycling, because of the fact that your muscles and your, your joints are flexible and strong. So they all blend together. They all implement well. They all complement each other well. But wherever you're at, dream big and start small. And, and most importantly, I think, you know, the title of this episode is so much more than just personal wellness, especially during this Thanksgiving week um, of 2020. You know, I, I, was, I was talking to my six-and-a-half-year-old son at dinner the other night, and I'm not sure if he really registers this, but, you know, we all know that the last time that there was a, a huge world uh, pandemic that, that was nearly, you know, near the, the scale of, of what we're going through was the Spanish flu during 1918 to, you know, 1920, and it was a, a two-year kind of resolution period where, Millions of people lost their lives, and, you know, they did, you know, end up wearing masks, you know, where they were going out, the cloth masks. and um, But, you know, there's there's not a lot of people that are still around um, that went through that. And, uh, you know, I was talking to my son and was just, you know, talking to him about, you know, how he doesn't probably register this, but he's one of the first uh, kids in 102 years to experience, you know, going to school with a mask on, you know. And... Um, you know, so I get that 2020 has been crazy, but this Thanksgiving week, you know, let's let's all practice some level of gratitude and let's let's do what we can. You know, let's let's reach out if you've got, you know, those that you know are um, not able um, to be around you for whatever reason. You know, during this Thanksgiving, and they usually are, get creative and find a way to light them up. Uh, maybe it's cooking, um, you know, extra meals and delivering that to your loved ones and making sure that they've got enough food. Um, you know, they've got maybe that letter of of, of gratefulness and, and thankfulness um, that you can just light them up with. But every single one of us have a responsibility to do what we can within our circle of influence. And, and that's what's most important to understand, you know, during this week is that, you know, we've got to, to just really pull together, you know, and, and lock arms you know, if, if a lot of us are being strong during this time and we're taking care of our minds and we're taking care of our bodies, you know, what the, the beautiful part about this is this, this is not about us. This is about us, you know, creating a vessel and an opportunity to be stronger so that we can help more and more people and influence people in a very positive light. So take that to heart. And the action tip then for this segment, think about five people in your life that are outside of your family and write them a little note 
and, and show them a little bit of appreciation and mail it off to them. And, uh, you know, expect nothing in return. Um, and then do the same thing for your, your immediate family members and, and write them a little note and, and let them know of certain things that you're praying for them for or certain things that, that you're grateful for them. And I, I guarantee you that will change, um, you know, how you approach and how your relationship with those people will change for the better as we come out of this Thanksgiving week. So wherever you're at within your journey, don't be discouraged. Be encouraged knowing that you have something that you can do today and tomorrow and wherever wherever you're at to help you be progressive so that you can you know lead yourself a little bit further have a healthier lifestyle add more quality to your years and and add more influence to other people so have a happy thanksgiving we'll talk to you all next week thank you for listening to the sports squire podcast check out the show notes for anything you missed during today's episode click subscribe if you haven't already to ensure you get updates on the latest sports squire episodes and remember as a sports squire your greatest self is found at the intersection of knowledge and action don't be normal be a sports squire